Uh-oh there, folks. It, it is back. We are back. Uh, I can't believe we're doing it. It's been too long. Welcome back to, uh, you know what? I don't think this is the podcast. I don't think we could call it a podcast. I think it's, uh, what is this, a show? It's a experiment? It's a, uh, uh, I don't know. We, we need a new name for this thing. Experiment sounds pretty good. Leaves our, you- leave our options open. Yeah, so welcome back to the show. We've been uh, we've been busy here at Grace Go. We haven't hopped on the call like this and just talked about what we've been up to, uh, caught up with what's going on with news in the industry and what's going on with Grace Go Gorilla. So we thought it's you know it's uh, holidays here in uh, holidays are starting here in uh, in the states. You might be in the car. You might need a little little bit of a break. Maybe catch up with it, w- what's going on. And so we decided to come back with a show. It's a show. Let's call it a Grace Go Gorilla show. Everybody bring their outfits. Oh uh, yeah, it's under my desk. You're supposed to have outfits. <laughs> All right, we'll get outfits for next week. I uh, hope you're doing well out there in uh, motion graphics 3D land. Uh, we have been busy over here at Grace Gorilla. I thought we could catch up with what the heck's going on and also what's coming up here uh, with the holidays starting and into the end of 2018. But um, Chris, let's start with you, man. What have you been up to? Oh man, uh, are we are we jumping sequentially, or are we just going to kind of hop around here? Because I <laughs> well, got a whole list of things since the last we, time we spoke. We haven't done a show since April. We just looked it up, April. So a lot has gone on. I think it was just after NAB. I know we went to SeaGraph. We all did our uh, pr- presentation at SeaGraph. If if you've ever wanted to see all three of us on stage at once trying to do a presentation, go watch our SeaGraph presentation. Yeah, it was very fun. fun. The three of us uh, fighting over two microphones. That was fun. Yeah. that was awesome. <laughs> Awesome to be there at the show. And thanks to everybody that uh, came up and said hi. We always enjoy seeing everybody. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I don't know. What's 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 the biggest thing in your head in the last uh, you know few months here that we haven't been able to talk about as much on, uh, on the podcast slash show? Well, we can plow through a couple of quick ones. Soon after that last podcast, I got my PC and started using that full time. So... That's been really fun, and Chad, Chad's the one who's got the details on that. So that's been fun. It was pretty seamless because I already, I was already using a PC for for gaming stuff and then just in general. But that was that was pretty cool. And then, like you said, we did SIGGRAPH, which was awesome. And that SIGGRAPH, of course, R twenty was announced, and that was super fun. Oh my to god, talk yes, about. I completely forgot about R twenty. R twenty, yeah, <laughs> don't forget. Oh, R20, there's so many huge, things. Huge thing where we got the fields and we got volumes and the new node based materials and the alembic baking and the CAD importing. It's a really, really fun version of the Cinema 40. It's one of my favorite ones in years. Yeah, I should say that Chris came out with um, an amazing video on our YouTube channel that goes through all the new, well, most of the new features in R20. If you haven't seen that, it's. Um, it's like one of the most entertaining pieces of video <laughs> I've watched of Chris, like getting super excited. It's like one of my favorite. It's like to me, it's Chris. It's Chris's Christmas morning when when a new version of Cinema 4D comes out and he gets to like show it off. So if you haven't seen that video, it's very very awesome. Um, Chris is there in his pajamas playing around with R20. <laughs> with My hair's like, all poofy from waking up. With like up. candles going in the background <laughs> and like eggnog. <laughs> Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's an awesome new release. There's a couple gotchas. We also have a video on plugins. Um, it's, uh, in, in how, you know, all new plugins have to be made for R20. So if you haven't Actually, checked out that video. Yeah. If I can, if I can pause you right there, I want to throw this out there since we're, we're doing a little podcast show here. Uh, it's really important for everybody to know. I've seen a lot of people complaining about the fact that R20 broke plugins. This is a little bit of a thing that's been bugging me lately. 
Oh, yes, R20 broke all compiled plugins. That's true. But almost every other piece of software breaks all plugins every version. And the team at Maxon, the programmers at Maxon, have tried really, really hard for years and years and years to make it so that nothing broke. And they've been putting it off and putting it off, really trying really hard not to break things. But eventually, they're going to have to break everything. And they're like, OK, boom, we're going to pull the Band-Aid off. This is a big version. I don't think everything broke since like, like R12 or R13. It's been forever since everything broke. So everybody who's like, oh, this is ridiculous. It's like, no, we have it better than anybody else does. And it's so great that they've been able to do that. But yes, in R20, you have to go and get new compiles of all of your software. And at this point, it's almost guaranteed that everybody has got them updated. I think X Particles was one of the big holdouts, and that's because they're adding a bunch of cool new features. Yeah, at this point, um, there's still some of some of everyone's like favorite old plugins that just have never been updated for ten years are finally broken, and and I think there's um, definitely like a mourning, <laughs> you know, there's yeah. a, a little bit of a mourning situation of like oh, I wanted to use that plugin forever, but. Um, yeah, for the most part, I think that's a good way to put it, Chris. Like we've had it really good for ten years. Even in fact, our install instructions for years on our plugins were like, take everything from your old plugins folder, and put it in your new one, and you're all set to go. And uh, this is like literally the first year you have to do that. So, if you're out there and you know maybe not updating to R20 uh, because of that reason, you know definitely uh, wait it out. Write down all the plugins you use every day and really see what you're missing. Um, and by the way, if you are looking at upgrading, uh, Chris and the team did an amazing job in not only getting all of our plugins uh, updated and ready for R20, they're all set to go, um, but also installers as well. Uh, we so have installers. Installers. It is. We have, we're officially all grown up. I love installing our plugins and clicking it and a little little bar goes and goes you're done you're you don't have to navigate to crazy folders or doing any of that stuff anymore it is just installed so if you haven't gone and updated your plugins recently definitely check that out and but gosh it's been so long we even have a new um like updated interface when you log into your a customer account uh to make it easier to find stuff to download stuff and everything so We've been, there's a reason we haven't put one of these shows out in a while. We have been so busy over here uh, making new uh, plugins, coming out with um, some new training that we'll, that we'll, we could probably talk about. In fact, the R20 training. Mm. Definitely go watch Chris's video. And then if you want to dive deeper into, you know, projects with R20 and learn more about fields, uh, definitely check out our what's new in R20 training. And um, that's been a huge hit, especially as people start transitioning. You know, a lot of us out there, we're working on a pro, at least for me, when a new version of Cinema 4D came out, I always played with it, but I never used it in production until months after it came out, just because you didn't want to switch midstream, you didn't want to switch in the middle of a project, kind of wrap up everything you're doing. So I think a lot of people are going to start to mess with R20 and start to use it more and more uh, into the end of this year and early next year. So as you do, de definitely check those videos out. Chad, what's uh what's been on your um what's been on your you, you haven't been busy at all you've no you've... I'm just gonna say like I feel like not much <laughs> really I've just been hanging out that's uh, about it no there's so much stuff dude it's ridiculous when we were before we went on the air just going over everything I was like wow it's, it feels like everything happened after our last podcast <laughs> like we have a a new marketing director of marketing. We've got, well, actually he was on for the last for a podcast, while. wasn't he? Yeah. I think he was on for, I think he mentioned like the last three podcasts, but we, um, 
we hired our our seventh employee this year a uh, little inside baseball but for those of you kind of keeping track of us as a company and what we've been up to it's been awesome to have uh michael here um he has just organized a lot of you know getting more stuff out you know there's we you guys may have noticed like how much stuff we've gotten out and and that's in no small part to the the team we have here and and chris's brothers helping with development but once it's all done and packaged up and and not even packaged like he helps with that too it's like once it's you know approaching the launch point you know michael really starts to take over and get the helps get the word out helps edit videos helps you know manage writes all, all of our social posts. writes all of our blog posts like He's been a huge, huge help to uh, not only help us out, but also get more news out to you guys. So you may have noticed some more blog posts about our industry and interviews with um, you know names ar around our industry. That's Michael like rocking it. So um, he's been an awesome addition to the team and really allowed us to um, make more stuff and make more training, make more products, you know, um, and start and and finally now that we've launched everything, start to free our time up more for for you know for more of what we do. So um, yeah, huge yep. huge addition to the team. Yeah, him, him being on board, that's been great. Um, basically, we've been able to get a lot more done in terms of launching stuff. And this end of this year is a perfect example of just how much stuff we put out and how much work we've been all doing. Sort of, and that's why we've I guess you know big reason why we've had to like you know put our heads down and just work and get shit done get stuff done Oops. yeah i feel like i feel like we buried <laughs> my first the... swear of the show <laughs> i can't believe wait put a marker we need a, <laughs> we need a swear swear jar um we're burying the lead here because not only you but of course chris and uh and and, and uh the brothers and everybody really has been like hustling on getting Lightkit Pro 3 out, which has been out now for a couple months That's now, a right? big one, big yeah. one. Huge, huge launch and addition. You know, for those of you who've been uh, watching Grace Gorilla and and a part of us for a long time, Grace, uh, Lightkit Pro 3, or I should say Lightkit Pro 1, Lightkit Pro 0, was uh, our first Cinema 4D plugin. And uh, we could barely even call it a plugin, you know? It was like, um, it was an espresso rig that had some uh, good you know, workflow and interface to help you light more like a photographer. And, um, you know, finally this year we're like, you know, it needs an upgrade and, and I think it should also be compatible with all these third party renderers. And as we started thinking more and talking more about it, it became clear, not only should it be compatible with all these new third party renderers, but you should easily be able to switch between them all. And that to me is what is bonkers about the tech the technology that you guys built around like Kit pro like this isn't just your 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 espresso rig for different versions of of renders this is like rebuilt from the ground up to uh be more realistic as far as lighting is concerned and also be compatible with the major renders so right now it's physical arnold octane and redshift and what's cool if you haven't seen it you can actually switch between all four of those renders and get almost an identical result between all of them. There's little gotchas with different renders, but for the most part, you load up a preset or load up a light in any four of those uh, renders, and um, you're gonna get consistent results. And it's been a huge help to people that switch in the middle of projects. And even just for me, you know, starting to play and see and experiment a little bit more with these third-party renders, it's really cool to have a tool that I'm already familiar with. You know, often you open up these new renders and everything's new. And 
what we're starting to build and the way we're starting to try to think of this is what if you can experiment with different renders as they come out, but not have to relearn your entire workflow? And something like Lightkit Pro helps you do that. And of course, our, our uh, new material pack, which is also like uh, works with all three major renders. We, th that's Octane, Arnold, and Redshift. It currently does not work with physical, um, but it's got the same idea to it. Why not bring your favorite textures to all renderers, no matter where you go? Um, so Chad, like, can you fill us in with the the Everyday Material Collection? Because I know you've been working really hard on it for, it's been like a year now, right? Yeah, I started I started working on it. Gosh, I, I, last month, it would have been a year since I started shooting the textures. And once uh, I sort of had it in my mind of like what I wanted this to be, I set out on like trying to figure out how to make it. And just so those for those of you out there that are aren't familiar with what we're talking about. Uh, we just released a gigantic new material collection called the Everyday Material Collection. 300, over 350 different materials, 4K tileable textures, bitmap based for Arnold, Octane, and Redshift. And I'm super proud of them. I've been working on them a long time, as I said. So got a camera, got the Sony a7R2, because that thing is, shoots ridiculously large resolution images and went on a texture safari hunt in Milwaukee, Wisconsin with a friend of mine, drove me around Milwaukee for two days, just shooting textures of everything I could find. Then I had to spend the time learning substance because I knew I wanted to author everything out of substance so that I would have a consistent sort of look and workflow and all the different renders that I was gonna end up in. So I took a lot of that beginning of that, right after I took the photos, I think we were just starting on Gorilla Cam or wrapping Gorilla Cam. I can't remember how the timing worked out, but it was sort of my project that I would go to around other things that we were working on at GSG because we had it slated for like sort of an end of the year launch. So it got pushed around a little bit and then I was learning substance and learning substance. Uh, and probably around halfway through last year, I started to get really comfortable in substance and start to really get the gears turning on these things and getting them done. Uh, and then we put the, we, uh, you know, put the gas on towards the end of this year, got them out. And I've been super stoked with the release and everybody seems to be digging them. I've been already seeing renders come up from friends of mine that are like, Hey, I used your stuff. Check it out. And I'm always like, Oh my God, that looks amazing. <laughs> Just like seeing stuff that people make is always a, a, a treat for me. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been a blast. They're they're fantastic. They're fun. They're exactly what I wanted, and that's kind of like that's kind of the how we do things at GSG too. We we create assets and tools and training that we wish we had, uh, and and that I think says a lot about how we approach things because it's not coming from a it's not coming from a a place that it's coming from a new a really real place. It's coming from a place of like, well, I wish I had. Uh, 350 everyday materials that I could take with me and like pull out and throw onto something and try a bunch of different looks. I wish I had that. Well, I made it, so you don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> There's the tagline. Hey, look, I made it. <laughs> I made it, I so you don't have to. <laughs> Just playing uh, with them has been really fun. Um, uh, the de the detail is what gets me because sometimes, like even the plastic textures, right? I'm still, I still love like a glossy plastic. I mean, call me old school. I'm dragging these on there and I'm like, why does that look so good? Is it the third party stuff that I'm messing with? Or like, is there some magic? So I zoom in on these materials and they all have, or most of them have these like subtle scratches and little like 
you know, like thumbprints or like little things on them that make them realistic, just like actual objects. And and having those imperfections um, is always something that that helps the 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 look of it. But it's always so comp complicated and and like manual to add it. You had to like add a texture on top of your existing. And what's cool about these is they all have that level of detail where you zoom out, it looks like a like looks like plastic, and you zoom in, and you got like little scratches, little wear on it. And of course, you could tone it down, whatever. But the fact that it's there by default instantly makes things look real. You're like, oh, perfect. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, I, I spent a lot of time just trying to like find and curate my own grunge maps, and I use a lot of them in this in this uh, in this collection. And that is that's the key, man. The key to everything is nature wears shit out and it wears stuff out damn it that's number two. Oh, number three. Two. that's three now is it you three the d gosh dang it <laughs> I, I, i've got to like it's gonna take me a solid couple months to like bring my brain you're into, out of practice uh, yeah. I, I really am you've been uh, off camera for so long it's uh, i know you and gotta get kid, them all out at once i know and like it's funny how like my kids are older now so i don't censor myself as much as i used to so maybe that's some of that's coming out too <laughs> <laughs> um yeah anyway i forget what i was saying i got completely thrown off track by no, my that's own right we have, we have so much to catch up with um i wanted to actually pitch it to chris to talk about a little bit more about r20 um you know to me r20 is has been one of the biggest releases in a long time from from maxon and um it even kind of like caught caught us off guard like how much new stuff is in it how much is ca you're capable of, of, of like new things you're able to do like with the volumes and all that stuff so i thought um yeah just kind of throw it to you chris like what if for people that have been so busy maybe like us and heads down working on projects you know catch them up a little bit on on r20 and and some of the new stuff that's in there sure oh man uh there is so much and you are right it did kind of catch us off guard um where you, there's there's several major features in it and you could pull them out it would still be a big release um so one of the big ones obviously are the volumes so what they're they're calling it volumes right now it's an implementation of the open vdb format which is all volume stuff now their current implementation is all about the modeling aspect like turning open vdbs into some sort of geometry you know some use them as points where you can clone things onto them but it's all about converting your uh, your models into physical geometry and combining them in really fun ways. So uh, not only can you import any uh, open VDB files that are around the internet or that you might already have, but you can now use it as like this brand new modeling tool where you can kind of do these amazing Boolean operations and merge things. You can now visualize it, with geometry clouds of 3D noise and combine them in different ways. You can uh, man, I've, I've been playing with this the last couple of days for some presentations I'm going to be giving. And it's just, there's so many fun ways of combining it. And that's just the open VDB. Then you jump over to the, the fields is to me, the biggest one. Uh, I, I don't think, I don't think it's overstating it to so this pretty much doubles the power of the basic MoGraph tools. Uh, the basics are that they, they removed falloffs, all the same effectors are still around, but they removed the falloff tab and replaced it with the fields tab. 
So all the old falloffs kind of exist, but as separate objects, but there's so many new ways of combining them. Before, if you had like just two sphere, you just had a spherical falloff, but now you can have two spherical falloffs and merge them and blend them, multiply them, add them together. But you could do that with, you know, you combine that with a random field, combine that with a shader field, combine that with a formula field on top of it. And that's just combining the basic fields. Now fields can control, like these falloffs can control color with gradients and they can blend together and merge together. But on top of that they've got modifier layers now and they've got field layers where you can uh, you can add these echoes and delays and decays and combine them. And there's so many other tools inside of cinema, like uh, selection tags and vertex tags have gotten fields built into them as well. All the deformers got them built in, but this is now enabling this whole new category where you can blend uh, you can take a fall off of a matrix object and put that into the way a vertex map looks and then fade that off by a linear fall off passing through it and then use that field to drive the colors inside of a color vertex. <laughs> You're map, losing me. You're right. losing me. My God. Like it just layers and layers and layers. <laughs> I'm already, crazy. I'm like, my brain, I'm just gone, dude. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think, I, I think to me, it's, it's this. It's like for, for those of us that's looking at all this Houdini stuff, and going like, wow, like that's really not possible. I think this kind of starts to scratch that itch. It definitely does not replace Houdini. Houdini does some amazing cool stuff. But would you agree, Chris? Like it, it approaches some of those things that you just couldn't do with MoGraph before. And now you, you, you have the ability to almost like build your own um, effector in a way. It's like yes. if you always wanted an effector that did this, then this, then this, you can kind of go in and 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 architect your own effector instead of just relying on the core, you know, uh, 12 of them. Well, it's that, uh, an important thing to note is that it does go so deep that like, I've even had a little bit of trouble wrapping my head around a couple of the details, but you can still use it the old way in almost the exact same way. You'd be like, you know what? I just want a linear fall off and that's all you're going to do. It's once you start combining them, it gets crazy. But the point being is if you use it in the right way, it's just as simple as it used to be, but now it can go so much deeper. Like you can break the pieces apart and combine them in so many new ways. So yeah, it, it's adding a lot of depth. And then that idea of depth carries through to the new node system. Uh, and I've I played I've played just enough to be dangerous with them now. But there's now a new a new node system. It only works with physical and standard. The third party renderers probably haven't gotten to implement it. But their new uh, node interface is so nice. They're it's so clean. They're combined in so, such nice ways. And the, their new their new node system, it, it can go really deep and you can create some crazy things. But with it being limited to physical, I think it's, it ends up being one of the less exciting things in it just because so many people have moved into third-party rendering. But as they develop this, and I hope that they eventually spread this out to other parts of the software so that we could maybe maybe one day get like an all new Espresso interface based off this nodes. And the mm -hmm. third-party renderers can use this new node interface that they now have access to to create all mm -hmm. sorts of cool things. Yes. I'm not even sure if it's open to them yet, but it's not. But I'm yeah, hoping but it as will it gets be. there, yeah, within the next couple of years, I mean, everything is using this new system. It's going to be so nice. And I, I haven't used a ton of other node systems, but like things like Substance and whatnot, where it's like, man, this is so nice. And now suddenly we have that capability to combine these things, and it's been it's been really nice. Um, and then just really quickly, the. Um, the Alembic, they built in Alembic baking. This is one of those things where I was like, oh, that's that's nothing. I don't care about that. But they built in the ability to just right-click on any object, any model, any animation, any cloner, anything you've got animating. You can right-click and say, you know what? Bake that to Alembic. And it just 
quickly calculates through and then turns into a model that will run so fast and you can kind of delete your original or you can turn off your original and have this this alembic reference mm -hmm. and with it just being i mean it's in a way it's a workflow you could have before manually exported your scene and then re-imported the alembic but now with the ability to right click and just bake it out and retime things and speed it up and make so many clones of it it's it's really completely changed it that little tweak has made it so i think of it completely differently so the baking system at cinema now is incredible and that goes and combines with the new multi-instancing inside of things like cloners and instances where they've got an, an entirely new instancing model inside of cloners where you can create like tens of thousands of clones of something animated and still be getting some good feedback in your viewport you know you get the same limitations of the uh the old instancing um where you can't oh, like you can't modify all of them but man those are man it's crazy when you turn that on you're just like oh let's add a couple zeros onto my number of clones <laughs> and and it just still goes it's insane yeah so de definitely check out um our presentation at uh was it seagraph this year where the three of us go over our favorite bits of r20 definitely check out chris's youtube video where he dives deeper into all these pieces and then if you end up getting r20 or just want to like catch up with it really quickly we also have our what's new in R20 training that came out this year that has not only in-depth of all of the stuff that Chris was talking about, but also projects that show off like what's now possible with things like VDB and um, and fields and everything. So actual like practical projects that you could follow along with. So uh, definitely check that out. That's been fun to build and make. And it, it, it was so long ago, like I forget, we didn't talk about this stuff yet. Yeah. <laughs> what's new in R20. Um, so uh let's see what what else um obviously getting the plugins up for r20 getting the installers we got um like it pro we got the uh everyday material collection oh the redshift guy came out too so all right oh geez louise okay here's here's why why is it and i know you've talked about this on a couple other shows recently uh chad but what is this where everyone is at least to me it's looking like so many people are moving from octane to redshift is there what is the impetus of that oh geez um yes you are right i see so many people coming up to me or talking to me on slack or just i just see them uh, making that switch and I've been seeing it grow for a while now. And it's something that I talked about like a year ago, even to seeing that, you know, Hey, this is a thing that you guys should take a look at. If you're, uh, tired of sort of butting your head up against Octane's limitations, here's a good opportunity to check something out that, that might help you. And I guess, um, the best way to put it would be to a studio that I recently talked to that switched on a project because, they were about to embark on a project that would have been significantly harder to do in Octane due to a lot of its limitations, uh, mainly in the limitations of being able to create uh, complex uh, shading networks, to create um, a workflow tool that allowed them to get this particular job done. So they checked out Redshift and they started learning it and started implementing it into their pipeline. And immediately they were like, wow, it's really fast, but it's also like crazy robust with production features coming out of its ears and the ability to give them uh, the it's the flexibility that they needed on that particular job to be able to get everything they needed to do done the only way they were going to be able to do that was with something like redshift so they they got it they tried it they loved it 
and I keep hearing that over and over again. People are like, you know, Octane looks really good, and it does. It's a it's a fantastic looking render. You can get really pretty images out of it. But as soon as you need to add any sort of complexity to your job or something that just goes a little bit above its its strengths, it sort of falls apart really fast. So that's when Redshift comes in, and, and yeah, you know what? You may have to spend a little bit more time getting it to look exactly the way you want, fully capable of achieving the look, just a little bit more time to get it that look that you need. But what you gain with that is like endless production workflow enhancements, ease of use, AOVs, you know, I could go on and on and on. But yeah, it's just really, it's a more production focused render. It's a, it's a render built to make animations. Yeah, that and that's how I've always seen Octane, which is it's it's easy to use, it's fast to use, it looks good, kind of without futzing with too much stuff. But if you want to push it and really uh, push it through a production pipeline with multiple people or with a lot lot of geometry or a specific pass or those kind of things, is where it starts to potentially fall apart. And where Redshift, with which adds a little bit more complexity, but still has the 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 speed. Uh, definitely the speed as far as what I've been seeing um, of of something like Octane. And so to me, it's been interesting because I have a, I have some news for you later about <laughs> Redshift. It's it, it specifically my world. But, um, you know, the more I'm looking into all this stuff, uh, the more we realize that these a lot of our our customers, a lot of our friends, frankly, were like taking this leap from Octane to Redshift, and there just wasn't an, a, a a place to learn Redshift. Like everybody was dying for all this information about what, like, if I decide to switch, is there a way that I can learn this quickly? And so we uh, started to kind of brainstorm and put together the um, Grayscale Gorilla's Guide to Redshift, specifically for those of you out there that wanted a way to like really dive in deep and learn this new render. And what's fun is it comes from a place not of like starting from scratch on how renderers work. It it you know it assumes that you've used other renderers before and says, okay, here's what you need to know about this new stuff. Um, so that to me has been really exciting to put in the store specifically for people that are switching to Redshift. They want to really dive in. They're tired of of Octane falling apart on them, and they want to jump in. So can you fill us in with a little bit more of uh, what's included with the with the um, Grayscale Girls Guide to Redshift? Yeah, because um, I think I think I'm about to watch it. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm uh, ready. Well, it's there for you. I think you have access to it. Um, so yeah, we uh, started, you know, thinking about uh, teaching Redshift in a in a comprehensive way, similar, very similar to how our Grayscale Gorilla's Guide to X Particles went. We have a full index section, uh, and I team up with Trevor Kerr, who's a TD at Man vs. Machine in Los Angeles, and he and I kind of bring you through Redshift. He kind of does all of the index videos. If you're not familiar with what that is, is one of the unique factors of our, uh, our XP training is that we have this index section where in that one, John Bosley walks you through all the different aspects and different little buttons and what everything does in X particles. Well, Trevor does that for you for Redshift. So he takes you through the bump node. He takes you through the texture map node, the camera settings. Everything is sort of explained to you in in little bite-sized chunks that you can consume at your will. And uh, then he goes through a couple of his own projects where you get to see how he approaches things using Redshift and see what sort of tricks he does and how he manipulates things. 
Uh, and then there's my section, which is just totally crazy amount of videos where I walk you through, not, not through um, just a part of my process, but my entire process. Uh, I take, I recently uh, did a client job uh, for one of my reoccurring clients is a brewery. Actually, it's a design firm that does the labels for this brewery in, in New York. And I've done their product renders for a couple of years now. And so they reached out to me with a new, a new kind, a new product, a new beer that they were coming out with and asked if I would do the label and do all the product renders and the Instagram animation. And I said, yes, can I document my entire process and share it with everybody? Sure, why not? Okay, so I recorded my entire process of going through this job. Everything from setting up my project folder to compositing it in after, or sorry, I think I used actually Fusion and Photoshop. Um, but yeah, so there's that. So there's just so much information in that in that product. I highly recommend anybody that's learning Redshift or even already knows it and wants to just see what else, how other people are using it. It's always, it's always good to do. Yeah, it's kind of the missing manual and plus projects plus Chad like going through an entire project. I, I forgot that was in there actually. Cause you, you include like client changes and everything, like how you set all that stuff up. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't hold back. I, it's kind of, it, it's sort of a, it, it was an experiment really to see how that would work in a training setting. Uh, and I was sort of like, you guys know, I was sort of nervous about it and I shared it with, I forget who I shared it with. Um, I mean, it might've been Patrick Gosky. And I was like, hey, you know, I, I recorded this training. I think it could be okay. Like, what do you think? And he, was, as soon as he watched me setting up a project folder and talking about getting stuff out to a client and dealing with changes, he was like, yes, this is amazing. Nobody's talking about this. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> like, let's do it. <laughs> so yeah, that's kind of one of the yeah. things that came around. Yeah, that's that's kind of true for so much of what we've been up to, you know, like uh, like we said before, we kind of took a break from the podcast, took a break from a lot of stuff, really, to take a step back and do two things. One, uh, finish up and build a lot of what we talked about today, uh, all these um, all these um, plugins, training assets that we just been that's been on our plate and we finally wanted to get it out to you guys. Well, so many people have been asking about new like it pro about the materials that chad's been working on and teasing for over a year like when's all this coming out and then and of course redshift which we see more and more people going to um but it's also to kind of you know take a step back and understand where our customers are where are um where the people that would listen to this uh show and and watch our youtube videos and and are getting work done day to day like what problems they're having um because we all know everything's changed so much for the motion designer in the last five years or so with all these third-party renders um new stuff new new ones coming out every day this this move to to um you know away from mac as a primary place where cinema 4d you know that's kind huge of, that's a huge thing uh that we're going to start to tackle here even more and more at grayscale grill in fact uh i pro we probably don't have time this week to talk about it but uh it is official I am getting my PC and I need your help. <laughs> uh, it, uh, it's official. I have Trojan horsed Grayscale Gorilla. <laughs> Chad came in and said, look, Chris, you started started with Chris. The, it was a little bit easier of a, of a push because Chris was like, I know I've played with PCs and then got him, got him on the killer machine. And then now I'm sitting there looking at you guys. In fact, uh, we were over at Chris's house and Chad gave me a, a, a really quick redshift demo and i was like that that's how that works like he fired up like it pro dragged some textures into it 
hit render. And I was like, that looks beautiful. And it took 20 seconds. You know how long that would take in physical? It'd be like a four hour render with depth of field <laughs> and that <laughs> type of stuff. And I was like, I don't care if I have to learn like what machine it, it, it comes on. I don't know. I don't, I don't care if I have to work on an abacus, whatever makes that process happen is what I need. And so after stressing out a lot about it, we decided Nick's getting a PC and I'm moving into this third party world. So, uh, I mostly wanted to share that with, um, uh, I know you guys have been hearing a little bit behind the scenes about it, but I wanted to really share this with the audience out there because, um, the goal is for me to capture my entire process of getting a PC and all the mistakes and all the good stuff and all the the fun and the bad, I'm going to try to record as much as possible so that if you are planning on going through this process as well, which I have a feeling more and more people are doing, um, that there's a guide there that you could watch and see, you know, uh, maybe how not to make the same mistakes I plan on making, <laughs> not on purpose, but uh, I know I'll be hitting the wrong buttons quite a few times here with this Windows machine. So anyway, stay tuned for that. We have plenty of videos coming out for that, but it's mostly too why I'm excited to start to learn more about uh, Redshift. And uh, I'm going to, I'm going to have to ask you guys some questions <laughs> uh, if you don't mind. Um, so it's all good, man. I'm just glad that you guys, um, I'm just stoked that you're using these, these tools. I think they're great. I can't wait to share it with you guys. Yeah. And it's pretty clear, you know, from talking to our customers and talking to you out there that are listening to this, that, that this is the general way um, it's going as well. Like, I, I think if you're like me, you, you wanted to try to wait out for the new Mac and hope that this new Mac pro comes out soon. And then they announce it. And it's still not out. There's that the, the iMac pro is kind of a half measure. It's pretty, it's, it's a very fast machine, but of course it doesn't do the GPU stuff that everyone's looking into. So you know what? We're going to do it. Um, it's been too long. I'm ready to jump into this process and hopefully share more in a future show and some videos coming up soon. Um, so I'm, I'm extra excited about that. I'm definitely going to watch the Redshift uh, guide. And um, also Chad has a killer video about like the, your first step into Redshift. If you haven't checked that out, that's over on our YouTube channel as well. Um, and uh, yeah, I'll leave it at that because I know we have a lot of stuff planned around this PC and third-party rendering and all that. Uh, so maybe we should talk about what's coming up here in the next... Uh, you know, few weeks. I, I quickly wanted to say just thank you and, and hi to everybody. I did a lot of um, speaking this year. I was at Adobe Max, um, which was amazing to be there and, and speak on the Adobe live stage. And so I met an amazing group of people out there. I wanted to say hi to them if you're listening. Uh, I was in Toronto and met a awesome group of people uh, that worked locally and even drove in from Detroit. Uh, and then of course, Salt Lake City, I was at a, at a school there and um, awesome. So I, I know you uh, have some speaking coming up soon as well, Chris, is that true? I do. I am going to be leaving tomorrow for a trip for my first time in Europe. I'm going to be speaking Ooh. at the Us by Night conference. I got two different uh, little uh, talks about Cinema 4D in there. And that's going to be super fun. That's going to be in Antwerp in Belgium. I don't know if tickets are still available, but I hope this, to meet a bunch of people that I've only met online there. And then I'm going to be uh, heading up to Amsterdam for a while to meet with some meet with some friends. And then I'm actually going to be going to a meetup in Paris after that. Um, so that's oh. going to be exciting. I have a so lot jealous. of presenting. Uh, I'm excited, but I have a lot of presenting to do. 
I've been just sleeping, eating and sleeping and breathing Cinema 4D for the last couple of days, which is a little bit more than usual. Usually it's just eating and sleeping Cinema 4D. Right. Uh, <laughs> the breathing is just over the top. So, it's too much. Uh, so yeah, uh, I've got I've got the dates right here. So if anybody is in the Antwerp area for uh, like the 22nd to the 24th of this month, uh, it would be great if I get to meet some extra people and I'm going to be in the Amsterdam area from the 25th to the 28th and then uh, in Paris on the 28th to the 30th. So hit me up on Twitter if uh, if you're around and uh, maybe there's a chance to meet up and, and meet some some fun international friends. Here's a message to all the international Europeans about to miss Chris or about to meet Chris. Uh, please don't lose our Chris. <laughs> I'm never coming back, guys. <laughs> please, no. please, please don't misplace our Chris. We need him. Uh, and Chad, you were recently at an event as well, right? Uh, Texas? Yeah, I, w I went to the Dallas-Fort Worth uh, C4D meetup. Uh, BroGraph guys were kind enough to bring me out. And it was just last week. It was last Thursday. And it was a blast. I flew in on Thursday morning. And then I went to Already Been Chewed and checked out their studio, which we've got a couple of stories about them on our on our blog. You should definitely read their fantastic studio in Wiley, Texas, doing really killer work. So I hung out with them for a while, then went to the show. And I presented uh, all of my sort of texture journey stuff that I've been gathering over the past year, making everyday material collection. Your, and your sort of walked... blog, your photo blog of those of your process yeah. has been so cool to see, like just screenshots of behind the scenes and playing with this material, tinkering with that one. I, it's it's such a cool thing. You're just taking a series of screenshots as you go. Yeah, that I actually start my entire presentation off um, talking about that and how. It's really useful uh, if you're learning something new and you're about to embark on a new tool, a new technique, something something new. Start a screenshot diary and just document your progress as you learn so that by the time you're at the end or you've learned it, you can look back and, and get a real sense of accomplishment at what you've accomplished and where you started and where you ended. And don't be afraid to like screenshot as much as you want because what you're doing is you're building sort of a, a, a documentary about how you learn and you can kind of see where you took a turn and oh man, I learned this right here and it look how much better it got. And that process of, of documenting, documenting your process, I think is really good to you that at the end, you can sort of step back and be like, wow, man, this is great. I learned a lot. Look at this. I started with this and I couldn't do anything. And then at the end I made that, that's really neat. So yeah, I was telling people like start doing those because it's really fun. It's a really great way to uh, share your journey on on learning, which I think is fantastic, and it's inspirational. It makes you want to learn something else new and fill up a new diary and make that happen. So, yeah, that's awesome. Um, well, into the end of the year, I think we'll try to do more of these shows. Uh, like I said at the beginning, it's it's tough right now to promise every week, um, but I think. There's, I have a feeling too, this will end up on our, our uh, podcast feed, even though it's not like an official podcast. So if you're listening to this, uh, thank you, by the way, for staying, <laughs> staying subscribed. And uh, hopefully we surprised you with a, a little bit of um, catch up of what's been, what's been going on here at Grayscale Gorilla. And um, yeah, I think, I think we should do, uh, try to do a few more of these and definitely not wait, you know, eight months or whatever it's been. It's been too long uh it's always nice to catch up with you guys especially that we all work in different parts of the country at this point and uh, it's always nice to talk to you guys and see um just kind of catch up and and talk about what's new in the industry as well so hopefully more are coming soon uh i i'm gonna get this uh pc and then i'm gonna have a million questions so maybe I'll, i have a whole 
<laughs> I may have to bug you guys for exactly all like screenshots. Like I don't even know how I'm going to take a screenshot on this thing. We got videos for that. Oh uh, yeah, well, that's right. We already have that. Um, so, uh, with that, uh, I'll, I'll just say thank you all for, uh, you know, being a part of Grayscale Gorilla and checking this out. If you stayed with us the entire episode here, uh, you guys are the, uh, the, the real hardcore fans. So I appreciate it. And, uh, we're going to try to get out, um, uh, at least one or two more of these before the end of the year. And, um, uh, yeah, happy holidays to you all. And, um, uh, I'm trying to think, hey, if, if you're watching this on YouTube or if you're listening to this in in the car or whatever, uh, and you have recommendations for me and you've gone through the PC switch recently and you're like, uh, if only I had one piece of advice for you, Nick, and it's this, please drop it in the comments because I'm a little terrified of this thing um, uh, and I need all the help I could get. So uh, I'm very excited to do it and I'm excited to be back on the call with you guys. Thanks for your time. And um, thank you for your time out there in uh, in listening world. Thank you for uh, hanging out with us here at the Grayscale Gorilla Show. That's a new name. The Grayscale Gorilla Experience. There you go. <laughs> it's the it's the oh, eight it's the eight D uh, Grayscale Gorilla Experience. Is that right? Sure. All right, yeah. let's go with it. Copyright that. Thanks for watching, everybody. We'll see you soon. And uh, happy holidays from all of us here at Grayscale Gorilla. Happy rendering. Bye bye. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody.